was the free kick. Colaccini nearly got ahead on it. Tiote, great strike! Oh! It's an absolutely fantastic goal! He bounces on the crossbar and it's to the net! Would you believe it? Divo Carigi! Balotelli, Aguero! Welcome in once again to a brand new episode of DeMartin Download. Ian Gilmore, Luca Maloney, Adam Baker, the usual cast and crew. Got a lot to unpack today. Prem, festive fixtures, UCL matchups that are coming in about a month. Uh, and we're going to give our, our Premier League best 11 of the season so far. And along with that, you know what, let's get right into it. MSU soccer could be back in under three weeks, February 3rd, the first day they can start competition. Uh, three weeks from this past Wednesday. Not exactly sure who we're going to see on the field for the Spartans. If we see them, then Giuseppe Baroni is eligible to be drafted next week in the MLS Super Draft. Uh, but a lot of uh, faces we haven't really seen before. Adam and Luca, uh, there's, you know, the freshman class from last year that we never got to see. This new freshman class coming in uh, over the this past winter. Uh, and then some transfers uh, from schools like Oakland and Louisville. A lot of guys we haven't seen. Who knows what this team's going to look like? But, Adam, what are you sort of looking forward to as we get closer and closer to hopefully having some MSU soccer back at the Martin Stadium? Well, first of all, for our own interest, you know, I've been on the Impact IR for quite some time, waiting for soccer season to come back. I'm uh, looking forward to getting back amongst the mix. But, I mean, the two big ones are, like you said, if if Giuseppe Baroni ends up playing or not, and if Ala Al-Jahim comes back into form, you know, we – we did our way to early predictions like right after the season ended we expected a we predicted a big year from him so yes. to see if he's back and uh able to fulfill it fulfill it Luca how about you well, if you look at the players Instagram stories they look like they're having a lot of fun and a lot of yes. good work in training so I think we're looking to see a good fresh team out there hopefully we get to see some some improvements and consistency yeah uh, Damon Renting does have a very good record after down years and all the, I mean, you've got to think about too, he's getting, usually they have two weeks at the beginning of this or at the beginning of the fall season, and then they go right into everything. This time he's had months and months to get these new freshmen, uh, into training, uh, kind of get them used to, uh, how MSU, uh, does, does soccer. Um, and, and one guy that's really caught my eye just from looking at paper, uh, and from talking to Damon Renting that has, uh, he, he's big on too as well, is uh, Vedad Kovac, a kid from Georgia. Uh, he is caps for the U19 Bosnia national team. Uh, th- that's a guy that I feel, uh, if Giuseppe Baroni can't go, then maybe they're going to be all right still. And think about the attacking options too. Uh, Johnny Ferry, Farai Mutatu, Michael Miller, Connor George. The list goes on, and, and who knows what some of these freshmen that we haven't seen yet, what they can do. So excited to see that, hopefully uh, in around three weeks or so. but. Uh, let's let's move on into the the Champions League. UEFA Champions League uh, is back in February, and there is eight different matchups to go over. And I know we have been kind of raring to get going on these uh, ever since we we kind of talked about the last round. And uh, Adam, you know, we'll get to your team first. Sevilla Dortmund. It looks like on paper Dortmund should get through pretty easily, but how are you feeling about that one? So it's not the complete mismatch. I was hoping we'd get we'd get in the draw, but. Look, if Dortmund can't beat Sevilla, they have no business, you know, being champion. If I want a deep run and Dortmund can't beat Sevilla, they have no business making that. Two weeks ago, it was looking a little where they just fly Lucien Favre. 
Now they seem to have rebounded. Sevilla's not in the best form in the league. I was always confident Dortmund would pull out on it. I'm getting more confident as we every game that passes. The only concern is that over the last two seasons, Dortmund don't do good in Champions League away games. They've gone to, in the last two years, Atletico, Tottenham, PSG, Inter, Barcelona. And then this season, they went to Lazio. They lost every game I just mentioned. And the, the game in Seville is first. So I need – don't they don't even have to win that game. Just don't lose it. Get the draw. Everything to play for at home. Dortmund's not going to lose that game. Just don't – and if they do manage to lose the away game in Spain, get an away goal, only lose by one, and I won't be too worried. Luca, is that, um, you know, the, the right attitude, I guess? Do you think Dortmund should get through? That's a very fair assessment from Adam. You know, you have to remember Dort- how young of a team Dortmund is, and especially getting in a groove with their new coach. You're just gonna, we're just going to have to wait and see what they can do in that first leg to see what they're about. Um, arguably the biggest matchup in terms, in terms of two large teams, Barcelona-PSG. Barca is going to be the underdogs. They're the, they came second in their group to Juventus. So, uh, you know, getting PSG, maybe not the the best of fortunes, but Luca, who do you see uh, coming out there and how do you see it playing out? I think we will see some surprises. Uh, Barcelona has recently discovered a good form. They've recently discovered players that have mounted their role and have become really important, really significant and good young players coming in. And as for, as for PSG, they got Mauricio Pochettino. They got their man. Uh, how they're going to turn out right now, he's only had maybe two or three games in his bag. But I fully expect this, to, this, this game to go down to two legs. Very tight. But I think both teams are very exciting to watch. Adam? I'm taking PSG in this one, I think. New era under Poch. Not that I was ever anti-Tuchel. I still have my ties for his time at Dortmund. But... Neymar is healthy, assuming he can keep it. But if everyone's there, Poch has an extra. Poch still has like a month to get his lineup set. I think on paper PSG is the better team. And if you look at Barca and big games this season, they lost to Madrid. They lost to Atletico Madrid. And the Juve game Ronaldo played. They got played off the park. They're a better side than they were a month or two ago. But I don't trust them to win this big game. Okay. Does does it being played over two legs change that at all for you? Do you think that makes any difference? It does. I mean, naturally, but I just think I'd be surprised if PSG lost the first leg and then not that France is a fortress, but going back home, I think they'll close out the tie. Okay. Uh, let's, let's get to a couple English teams. First, we'll go, we'll go with uh, the one you support, Adam. RB Leipzig and Liverpool. On, right now, because of the injuries Liverpool has, looks like a pretty even matchup. Would you say that's a, that's a, that's a fair assessment of it, Luca? Yeah, it is a very even matchup, especially with the injuries on both sides. I think we could see a very strong game. Liverpool, with their front three back, should be able to get goals in. But again, Leipzig can turn the can uh, flip the switch very easily and become a solid defensive team. It'll be back and forth, but I fully expect Liverpool to come out. You you've seen them very recently, Adam, playing against Dortmund. What what would you say the chances are that Leipzig pulls a little upset? Yeah, and we'll probably get a little deeper into that game later. But I don't know. Leipzig just don't fare well against high-powered offenses. They played Dortmund and Bayern this year. In the Bundesliga so far, they've conceded 12 goals. In 13 games, they conceded six. In the two games against Dortmund and Bayern, they conceded another six. 
So I think, granted, Liverpool's injured defense isn't as good as either of those sides, but I'd be shocked if they can keep Liverpool's offense off. If they can just keep them in check, I don't think Leipzig has a... I don't want to say they don't have a chance, but no, I'm definitely taking Liverpool on that one. They, they did go far last year, though, Leipzig. Semi-finals, correct me if I'm wrong, but they, they yeah. bowed out to BSG. Um, you know, seeing the... The, the German title race kind of tightening up after Byron lost the weekend. Um, do you think, where do you think that the, uh, you know, the, the head is at of the club, I guess, that the mindset, or should they be focusing on Champions League? Should they be focusing uh, on the German title race? Do you think that plays into this title? I can't, I don't know what their schedule is, but I definitely think like you're playing Liverpool, you're going to rest, you're going to rest up on this game before you're going to go. This, uh, in this champion, don't. I don't know if Leipzig thinks they can dethrone Bayern, but I definitely don't think they th- the chances are strong enough to where they should throw the Champions League in an attempt to make a big Bundesliga run. Okay, uh, another English team. One one of the another of the the bigger matchups in this round: Atletico Chelsea. Atletico, really really good in the La Liga right now. They're you know what a point ahead with two games in hand of Real Madrid. Uh, and then Chelsea kind of faltering a bit right now, um, you know, not their greatest run of form so far. What what do you see? What kind of direction do you see this tie going in, Luca? Well, Champions League with Atletico and Chelsea, I think, is, has become a classic match in the last decade. And you can definitely see how Atletico Madrid are going to be favored in this outcome. I think they have the stronger team. They just signed Boussa Dembele uh, from Lyon in France on a loan deal which I think is going to boost their offense to an unbelievable attack. Chelsea, on the other hand, have been very sloppy, have been inconsistent in the league. They sit ninth right now. I'm not sure how much will change from here to February 23rd, but I do expect Atletico to pull through. Adam? Yeah, I think this is the biggest coaching mismatch in the round. You got Simeone, who knows exactly what Atletico needs to do and what they want to do, and it's been like that for seven years. And then you have Lampard, who doesn't know his best line for how to get the most out of his new signings. Yes. So unless Havertz and Werner are fully informed by the time that tie comes back and Ziyech would have had his first time playing, like a full month healthy, and Pulisic is back in form, I'm not giving Chelsea too much of a chance in this. I mean, they lost to Liverpool, they lost to City, they've tied United and Spurs, and they lost to Arsenal. And I don't know what happened and can't. No, I don't know. Have they played Leicester yet this season? I don't think they really... In, they're playing Leicester in a couple of days after the Southampton. Okay, so you yeah, haven't fared well in their big ties so far, and I don't see that changing against a team in form. Um, same sort of question about Chelsea that I posed um, for RB Leipzig. The, you know, the title race in England this year is, is, is going to come down probably to the last, last couple match weeks, if not the last match week. Uh, Chelsea by no means are out of it, um, and they definitely want to finish top four. So uh, where is their focus? Where do you think it should be, Adam? Um, I don't think they have a – again, they're not out of the title race yet, but I don't think they have much of a shot. And I think if they reach their top form, they can go through this tie. It's not a complete mismatch. Like, player for player, I don't know if Atletico is definitely the better squad or not, especially with all of Chelsea's new signings on the offensive end. So I think you really want to just focus on, and I've actually been saying this in 
obviously I'm a big Havertz advocate uh, and I don't know if he's a and some people want to bench I think he needs to just be played get in full form and I think if Lampard needs to sacrifice some Prem games for the sake of his new signings getting minutes together and playing together I think they should sacrifice it so more so if go in for the Champions League tie than the Premier League. Luca what do you think about that? I would agree but and if they don't make it in the in the Champions League, if they don't make it far enough, and they do sacrifice that Premier League, are they going to be content sitting at sixth or fifth place in the Premier League? I don't think Chelsea's going to be happy about that, especially after their summer. So I don't I don't expect Chelsea to go all in on the Champions League, but I do expect them to at least put up a fight for this round. Okay. Um, I don't on that one. For all of Atletico's good La Liga form, they only won two games in the group stage. Bayern rested their whole first team, went to Spain, and Atletico could only get a draw out of that one. So it will be interesting to see if they can, uh, if they can take a step up in Europe. Because again, like games against Salzburg, and I forgot the fourth team in that group, but Atletico didn't steamroll through to be second. They it came down to the last game. Uh, the rest of the matchups, we're about halfway through, and you know the rest of the matchups do look a bit more lopsided than the ones we've seen so far. We'll start with uh, Juventus and Porto. On paper, looks like Juventus should get through, but Porto, a strong side. Um, Adam, where do you see that one going? I mean, I see it going in Juve's favor. I'm a big Ronaldo fan. I can't uh, – I mean, they had an early exit last year. They got upset by Leon. But New Arrow with Pirlo, it looks like they're getting their line – looks like they're coming into form – and I can't see them getting upset this early again. All right. And the next one, um, you know, a couple of teams that you guys are both familiar with. Bayern on one hand, Lazio on the other. Another one on paper that really looks like it should go one way. Is you think that's the way it'll go, Adam? Yeah. And it's kind of funny to me because Lazio played Dortmund twice, managed to get away with not losing either game. And then UEFA rewarded them by giving them Dortmund's big brother. So... They couldn't top a group over one German team. Now they have to face the better one. And honestly, look, I think Bayern easily takes this one. Lazio should have a lot of regret. Again, like I said, they played Dortmund twice, didn't lose either, and they won the first. And then in two games against Brugge and Zenit, they couldn't go 4-0 and top the group. So, again, the swing, if they would have topped the group versus coming in second and having to play Bayern, a team which had like, what, like a 2% chance of advancing, I think there's going to be a lot of regret with how the group went for them. You're you're familiar with Lazio, Luca. Do you do you see them having any chance here? Lazio is a good team, but I think there's no chance against the Bayern, especially on the hunt to repeat their success. I think Bayern's going to steamroll through, but I don't. I think Lazio are a good team, but I don't think they are nowhere near the level where Bayern are right now. Okay, it would be a surprise if Bayern Bayern bowed out uh, this early in the competition they've been so good in uh, historically. Atalanta, Real Madrid, another one. Again, looks like it should only go one way, but Atalanta, they, they made a run last year and they've got some good players in the side, although there is a little bit, you know, player uh, coach controversy at the moment. That will play into it a bit, I think. Do you see them having any chance, Luca? Uh, they definitely could because Real Madrid also has been very inconsistent in some games. They can either do really well or they can impress or they can they can just not impress you at all you know and even if Papu Gomez leaves Atalanta this transfer window which I think is very likely 
they still have a very good team with Josef Ilicic and Mario Pasalic. Real Madrid, it looks on paper like they should be classic and right, go right through. But as we know, Real Madrid's not always the most consistent team at the moment. Adam. I got to say I'm kind of in and upset with this one. I mean, again, I've watched a good amount of Madrid this season, and I think one two games I've left impressed with them. And one of them was the Inter game. Vidal got a red card in, so even that one was a little like, okay, Inter kind of shot themselves in the foot early. I, I, it's tough to bet on. It's tough to yeah, have any confidence in Madrid right now. I don't think they know what their best lineup is. The front three they keep playing. Obviously, okay, Benz is unbenchable, but Hazard's still not in form, and Asensio gets every game no matter how off he is. Again, Pop, and again, Lucas said it, Papa Gomez might leave, but Ilicic is back in form. So I'm not fully... I don't know if I can fully make a prediction on this one, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if I if Adelana bounced Madrid this early. Okay. And last up, this one arguably maybe the most lopsided on paper. City and Borussia Mönchengladbach. Gladbach got through on the last day, even though they lost, what, 3-0 to Real Madrid. Uh, and City are in very good form right now, and a lot of their players are high-flying. Is is there any chance Gladbach, excuse me, Gladbach pulls one here, Adam? No. If, if City were, like, their old selves and, like, sometimes look like a liability at the back, maybe. But the Stones and Diaz partnership, I think I saw the stat, it was – Eight games, seven wins, one draw, one goal conceded, and it was Chelsea's stoppage time one and the three-one loss, and and, the, and Chelsea's three-one loss, City's win. Gladbach is coming off a huge win against Bayern, but you know, over two legs, if they could, if they can beat the City side, I'd be surprised. Luca, I absolutely agree with Adam. You have to see Manchester City defend real work simply with this team. So if they had their same defensive problems as they had in the last four years, I, I gave it to Moshe Gladbach, especially with their pasty forwards and, and Marcus Turan. But I think Man City are going to take this. This is kind of a sideways out of left field question, but um, we've seen Pep consistently spend, you know, millions and millions of pounds on his back line. Do you think we finally found – you know, the, the solution. Americ Laporte isn't even playing and City's defense is as good as it's been, you know, in recent years. Yeah, I mean, no, yeah, their, their defense is amazing right now. I think the only dilemma is they have a right back playing left back and it's still working. But, I mean, Benjamin Mendy might be the worst player in the Premier League. Zinchenko's not good enough for City. And Cancelo's doing the job right now, but I think if he, if he goes down or if Walker goes down and Cancelo has to go back to the right, left back's a big uh, – I mean, they do have Ake, but I guess we just haven't seen much of him so far. So. Uh, I, I, did, I did see that Cancelo um, was rated as the better footballer than Kyle Walker at that right back position, but they do need him on the left more than they need him on the right at the moment because the people at the left are not just not cutting the job. Kyle Walker, again, he's he's had a decent season, but I think Cancelo is just the better footballer. Okay. And again, All right, well, for the center back issues, they've done a great job. Yeah, they have. 
that does conclude the UCL previews. February is going to be a wonderful month for football. The round of 16 arguably is, is the best round, I think, because there's just games on games on games uh, and really excited to watch those. Moving on into the into the in between, though, a complete killer. True, true, it is. So Premier League. Before we get into all the festive fixtures, um, we're gonna give our team of the season so far the best eleven we've seen in the Prem, and I'm sure there will be some discrepancies and some heated conversation uh, about this. I I know I made some controversial picks. So uh, Adam, why don't you go first? All right. So it's kind of loose, but I think. My front three has to be Son, Kane, and Grealish. And question marks over Kane, but I think his assists have been – there's been too many of them to leave him out. And then that partnership with Son just been too – it's just been too good to, to leave. Well, I'm, Son's definitely not getting left out, and I can't leave out Kane. The midfield, I got to go with Bruno, Kevin De Bruyne. And then I, don't know, I had trouble thinking about my third spot. And then – I'll get back to it. Going to the back line, Stones and Diaz partnerships too. So here, here's the dilemma: Fabinho's going to. Okay, you know I'll I'll let you give your take and then and then we'll discuss it after. Oh, yeah, sorry. No, oh, for sure, for sure. Even though Fabinho's really played as a center back this season, I'll give him my center defensive minutes, but keep Stones and Diaz together. Robertson left back. Although I'll admit I've watched the least amount of Prem over the last month than I have recently, like in other years. So Robertson right. Um, see, now I got to do some position mismatching because I want to <laughs> put Cancelo right back, even though he played left. But I got to put Robertson in, and I don't know who would take right if Cancelo's there. So I'm gonna put Cancelo and Robertson in the back line. And as for goalie, who has the best defense in the Prem? This one's usually uh, this one's usually not much of a debate. <laughs> I, I think like. right now it's City. I don't know if I can give it and, to Ederson, uh, Yeah. Though. City's given up 13, and close behind is Tottenham with 16, as long with Aston Villa also 16. Oh, I got to go with my boys from Aston Villa. Give me Emilio Martinez in goal. Come on now. So okay, all right. Yeah, I, we won't we won't uh, argue too much just yet. Luca, go ahead. I'm open for change. Let me all just right. say that. I'm gonna start out from the back. I'm gonna go with Ederson in goal. On the right, Alexander Arnold, Ruben Diaz, center back. Kurt Zuma, Luca Dina in the midfield. Jack Grealish, Bruno, and Kevin De Bruyne. Up front, I'm going to go with Salah Kane-Son. Luca's team screams, no defense, just just goals. <laughs> just vibes. Just, just vibes. That's it. Yeah, just vibes. Um, so, okay, here we go. Um, I At first, I wrote down Martinez just because, you know, Villa's defensive record, especially for, you know, what they have has been good. Uh, and then I crossed it out and put Carl Darlow because he has been monumental for Newcastle. I, I realize there's bias there, but I think he's been the best keeper in the league so far. Um, in the middle, because I crossed out Martinez, I, I put Kansa there. And then uh, Vestergaard uh, next to him on the left. Andy Robertson out wide, Scotland. And uh, Reese James, I went with at right back. And then across the midfield, Bruno, of course, Kevin De Bruyne, of course. Uh, and this, this is kind of, you know, Maybe he's a winger instead of midfielder, but I went with Marcus Rashford. Partly because all the stuff he's doing off the pitch, it's hard not to put him there. And I don't like Jack Grealish. So uh, up top, Kane. Kane, I thought, is an absolute lock. He's, he's in, what, he scored 10 goals and has 10 assists? It's 12 more assists. a goal, 12 goals. assists? Yeah. 
he's been involved with more goals than I think probably anyone else in the Prem so far. Son on the left, Salah on the right. And now I have to remind myself why I was so angry at Adams. Um, it was, was when it? I said, it yeah, was when I said, they played eight games. Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a good you. point. That's a good, I'll accept that. But hold up, hold up. I got a, two issues with both, or an issue with both of you guys' teams. Go ahead. Before I, uh, I got, I'll have to think. Oh, Tiago Silva. I'll yeah, put him I, over. I, I, I feel like I snubbed him. But that's okay. Yeah, yeah I, I snubbed I just, him. I, I maybe gave him a little credit just for the one goal he scored. All right, uh, shuffle it. Tiago Silva and Fabinho center back, and Gilmore's favorite player, Declan Rice, center defensive mid. Final. I, team. How do you put him in anything? <laughs> He's so bad. He's not good. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Hold up. But how are you going to Declan Rice be... is the English Sergio Busquets. Declan oh, right. Isaac Hayden is that, if anyone. Isaac Hayden always keeps him in his back pocket whenever they play West Ham. How do you pocket a defensive mid? I, I don't know. <laughs> you just don't let him walk. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Luca, what are your what are your gripes? Wait, hold up. We we, we each have an issue with uh Luca's team. Trent might have had the worst three months of football I've ever seen him play in his life. That that's that's maybe the worst pick out of what thirty three of ours combined is Trent at right back. I have, Trent, I've right. watched Trent him over here. Trent is going to bounce back. No, I, mean, I trust okay, him to do that. He, yes, maybe. I, I, I would still put him over Reese James. I would still put him over Reese. You're kidding. Reese James is good. Oh my. No, I don't. Who would you? I, I'd put Kinsella over him six days a week, seven days a week, eight days a week. <laughs> Trent has not had a good season so far. Kid can't defend. He's a midfielder. And he lost his offensive juice too. Yeah. No, I, but... I, I think Trent at right back is a brutal take. Brutal take. <laughs> it's a pedigree take. Also, It'll Kurt be. Zuma, Chelsea's defense has not been that good, and I know he he heads in goals from corners. He's good at fantasy. He's good in fantasy prem, but they have not been great. They had they had a run there where they were holding. You know, they probably did what three or four clean sheets in five games. But other than that, I mean, they're mid table in terms of defense. Yeah, and then you look at the schedule and remember who they were playing in that run. Yeah, I don't care. They're bad. No, no, no. That's uh, like my point. Like they're keeping oh, clean, the clean sheets, sheets. The relegations on. Yeah, it was probably Fulham, West Brom, Sheffield United, Sheffield. Crystal Palace. Basically, but all right, you know, you got to put your personal grudge aside. Grealish has to be in every team. No, he doesn't. He does, yeah, yeah. The, the man's rocking seven assists and he's involved in every game. But if Grealish had a better, if, if Ollie Watkins was more clinical, I won't disrespect him too much and say if he had a, but if he, if he was just more clinical, Grealish would have double the assist right now. Not to mention Trezeguet and Char. He has a rough supporting cast with him, especially with Ross Barkley injured and what he's been he able to do. At, he plays at Aston Villa. And, you know, and he's still looking like one of the top three players in the Prem. That, that is that's such a rough take, Adam. Now, I threw, I threw out I my – I threw I out my – I agree with Adam I, in this one. I, I will I say that my – the only reason I left him out of the team is because I simply don't like him. And, and he probably should be in there, okay? But he is not a top three player in the Prem. Not even close. Not top ten. He's so efficient. The man. No, no, he's, he's not efficient. Well, Half his plays, assists came something. against Liverpool, seven-two. 
And he should have had like five or six in that game if Ross Barkley could score. He had like four. He had three, and, and it should have been more. Right, Hope and that's half of his assist. Nah, he has like one game against nah, washed-up got... champs. Nah, hold up, hold up. You got to – I've seen Ollie Watkins miss easy chances inside the box too much. Trezeguet can't finish to save his life. I'm telling you, no. He's efficient himself. It's, I mean, efficiency doesn't ride on what other people do with his chances. But no, I completely uh, – I tossed out my best player outside of the big six take. I'm jumping into best player in the Premier League by the end of the season. Oh, my gosh. Because no. Can we move uh, on to okay, something that one, else? Okay, that one might be a stretch. That one might be a stretch. No, that one okay, might be a stretch. De Bruyne obviously still has the title for now. But I don't know. Kane does right now. It's going to be the best between the best number 10 is going to be between Bruno and Kev. I'm taking I'm I'm taking Grealish over Bruno. Okay. Okay. Here's a question. Who would you who would you want in your team out of these three? Harry Kane, Bruno Fernandez, Kevin De Bruyne. You can only have one. Who do you choose? De Bruyne. Go with Kevin. Really? Right now? Look. Harry Kane is in the form of his life. Matt. Luca, I don't. I shouldn't have to argue this to you, mate. I don't want to knock having like what. Oh, Harry, Harry Kane is Harry Kane is spectacular and will be one of the best. But every in terms single of who one can of do and who can really change every who can change, it's going to be De Bruyne. Look, De Bruyne watch, is the most clever out of all the players. Hold up, I watched Harry, Harry Kane, Kane get pocketed by Reese. What's man? What's Liverpool's fourth string center back name again? Williams. Reese Williams. Struggles with, Kane minutes. struggles without a Casey winger. No, and I disagree. Kane has what ten assists on I think ten created chances this season. He plays long balls to and the most. Son, and, and Son he plays long balls. easily seventy percent of those. No, that's but yeah, that's not... what I mean. Like he plays, he he plays overhit long balls to the best finisher in the Premier League. His passing is incredible. Don't get it wrong. His passing yes. is incredible, and that's but what he's honestly, shown this year. I don't think year. it's he's shown that it, it it is. It's, I, it's I, not. I I'm not going to say it's on the level of De Bruyne, but he's getting there, and it's very close. Combine that with the fact that he's a world-class striker, and I think you have the best player in the Prem. Like again, I don't want to knock someone for getting double-digit assists, but like, I look at some of them, I'm like, okay, if Son wasn't like what top three fastest players in the league and the best finisher, cut his divide his assist by four. All right, but that's what he has Son for because he's just drilling Man, balls. Man every time. City has has three Sons on the bench every week, along with the three that they, start in front of De Bruyne. They can't finish. Sterling yes, is incredible. Morris finishes when Sterling? he wants. Morris finishes when he wants to. Wait, hold up, hold up. Have you have you seen some of Sterling's misses this season? If you look at when City tied Sterling West can't Ham even 1-1. make the the first team anymore. When when City had when City tied West Ham one one, De Bruyne should have had three assists in the last ten minutes. None of them went in. Oh, Aguero's been out the whole season, so he's relying on Sterling and Jesus to. And Phil Foden. Two world class players. But players, not finishers. <laughs> My my argument is that Harry Kane his his passing has not just been in his assists. Like he he makes great passes throughout the game. Combine that with the fact that he is arguably the best striker in the Prem. And how do you not think he's the best player in the Prem right now? Yeah, I'm just not sold on his playmaking. Like again, it's 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 working with Spurs system. But like if you're talk, if you're like you're putting him on an island and comparing him to other players, I'm just not with it. Okay, fair, fair. Luke, I'm surprised you're not you're not in on this with me. You know, I love Harry Kane, but at the end of the day, if I had to take one of them with me, I'm taking De Bruyne. Okay, all right. I've been out. I've been uh, out argued here. Um, so you know, last time we talked about Prem, I think the title race looked quite different. 
um, you know, festive fixtures have come and gone. There's, there's, you know, United Liverpool this weekend is going to be absolutely massive. Um, a six pointer, no question. But, you know, there's, there's so many teams right now. Uh, I mean, if you look, there's what, you know, six points between first and six. Man City's got a game in hand. It's tough to, to really, you know, pick one team and say who's going to win it all this season. Adam, if, if you had to, you know, put money down, would you back your boys in red? Honestly, if I had to put money down, I'd go with City. I think they had a a very overstated crisis to start the season because while they were, bad, they were in bad form, so was everyone else. And at this point, I think Liverpool takes the game this weekend, but I just can't trust them to continue to fill the Van Dyke void. Like, I trust Fabinho. He's been amazing back there. But I don't trust anyone to partner with him. Matip can't stay healthy. And the other two, just no pace between the two of them. They're just not as good, like not even a knock on them. I mean, they're, they're young, they're backups. And to make everything worse, you're putting a third or fourth string center back on Trent's side who can't defend. So that side is always going to be a weakness. And I don't think, I mean, Liverpool just dropped points against the bottom four in the festive period. I don't trust. <laughs> and Newcastle. And Newcastle, <laughs> who might have been bottom four at that. No, no, they're above. They're above. Soon. Uh, I think they'll get their form together, but with City's defense as it is, I'd have to put money on them. Luca, who'd you go with? I'm going to trust Liverpool to work themselves out, and if they can grind, and if they can grind out a, a win at United. This weekend, I think I think it's going to be theirs. I think when they're on top form, they're unstoppable. I think City's going to catch up, but when it comes down to it, I think Liverpool are going to be the ones who end up taking it. How how much you say they're going to figure it out? But a lot of their figuring out is because of injuries right now. It is, but they also have a couple more weeks left in the transfer window. To what can they do? Can they bring somebody in to fill that void? Do you think? Go ahead, Adam. I was just going to say a quick note on Liverpool that I should have added. Uh, if there's a reason for me to believe, it's because Thiago's barely played so far. And I think we're getting to the point where he's finally going to be a full-time starter. And if if he gets back to – not even like that, he's out of form. He was injured. If he gets in top form, I think the offense will be good enough to carry a bad defense. But, again, it's just still a gamble. Do you not not will they? But do you think they need to go out and buy a fifty million plus center back? Yes, I think they should. Because I think again, the Premier League is still there for the taking, and there's not a clear favorite in Europe right now. And if it is Bayern, Bayern's there to be Bayern's beatable. So I don't think you can. If you stay put as is, I think they go trophyless. Well, from the big two, they could win FA Cup. I don't think they win Champions League or Premier League, and I don't think you can afford to just sacrifice a season with all your top players in their prime. Um, from from just the rest of Festa Fixtures, whether it be rele- relegation battle, uh, things that surprise you or, or whatever, what, what what were your biggest takeaways from that festive period, Luca? Chelsea. Chelsea, I think, were the, were the ones who didn't succeed, and Arsenal, surprisingly, are the ones who did succeed and got mm-hmm. out of their – they got out of their slump. They were getting hammered. They were really bad, and then boom, they went on to win three games straight. And playing some really good football too. Yeah, they did play some really good football, and I was really surprised with the way they played. Putting in young Adam, kids out there. Yeah, Adam, what about you? 
not quite a takeaway, but again, I've spent the last month of form defend the, the last month defending Havertz and explaining why it's uh, Lampard's fault he's not working out and why he just needs time. And I still, again, I, I think he'll pan out just fine. I think it's been a very unfortunate sequence from either A, playing out of position, B, getting COVID. C, he signed like a week before the season started because Leverkusen wanted to get a replacement first. So I think I've been, again, watching a lot of Chelsea, hoping to see my boys uh, pick pick up their form and I'm still waiting on it, but I think it'll come. Um, there's been some surprises this season and I wouldn't, I don't even know if I categorize them as a surprise anymore, but Leicester hanging around once again, putting themselves in the title race and at the very least, um, you know, cementing their challenge for top four. I, you know, coming from a, you know, a guy that supports a team that, you know, honestly, quite honestly, used to be just like Leicester, you know, fighting for relegation and, you know, a good season would be fighting for top half. And then suddenly Leicester wins the title and now they're sticking around. Everyone, at least I thought, you know, that, you know, after they won the title, they'd go back to, you know, mediocre fighting for top half, probably not getting relegated, but they just seem to keep sticking around. Is it Brendan Rodgers? Is it Jamie Vardy? What is it? You think, Luca? I think it's the way Brendan Rodgers has used Jamie Vardy because he obviously sees that Jamie Vardy still has it. He still has enough in that tank to drive this team forward. And Jamie Vardy, I think, has 11 goals right now, if I'm not mistaken, in the Premier League. He looks really well. He looks really good. The midfield in that team, really good. Tellyman's unbelievable player. And it's no surprise that with the players they have, they're, they're up this much. They do have five losses alongside with Everton in that top six but they win game they win the games that they're supposed to. Yeah. Yeah, and a bit of Rogers, a bit of they actually have a very good squad on paper, you know, we have Vardy and Didi, Madison, Tielemans, Barnes. Just and again, after they lost 3-0 to Liverpool like we had a pod like the next day or whatever and I came out and called them pretenders, somewhat of frauds. And I kind of just expected from there, like I would see them continue to fall off. And then, like again, I checked the table the other week, and I see them what tied for third or whatever. I still don't. I don't know who gets that fourth Champions League spot. I think I could ever get myself to like fully bet on Leicester, but with the way Tottenham's been playing recently, I don't know. It would be tough to completely count them out the way they've been. Um, couple of other surprises this season. The three ones, the top half, at least to me, Everton, Southampton, and Villa. All within the top eight. Villa, if they win their two games in hand, uh, can move all the way up to sixth. Uh, Everton's an interesting case. And, you know, I think we all totally forgot to even, you know, maybe not put him in the team, but mention Dominic Calvert-Lewin. 11 goals this season. And somehow he's not in any of our, you know, front three of the, of the season so far. The other thing with Everton is you look past DCL and the next highest goal scorer is Michael Keane, their center back with three. Southampton seem to have a good team, seem to have a good defense. Uh, and same thing with Aston Villa. Do you see any of them being legitimate challengers to, to top four, Adam? Top four, no. But I'm holding high hopes Aston Villa makes Europa League. I think, again, all three of them have a chance. Raf Hasenhoto might be doing one of the greatest coaching jobs in the league. Uh Everton, they faded and just all of a sudden they look at like Everton just came back in great form. They feel like they drew four games in a row. All of a sudden they won four of their last five. If I had to pick one, 
again. Aston Villa has two game in hands. One's against your boys. The other one's against City. So I think if they can get four points from there, get Ross Barkley back soon, I, I think they can get top six. Luca. Again, out of those three teams that we that you mentioned, I think Southampton play the best, just overall best football. I do expect them to go first. I do expect them to go beyond. I would be at, I'd say a top, I'd say a top five for Southampton would be unbelievable. Everton, I think they're going to slip up against the big teams when they play United, when they play City, Liverpool. I don't think they're going to win against those teams with the team they have. I just don't think they're good enough to beat them. Aston Villa, I think, will hang around from the sixth to sixth, seventh place at the end of the season because I think I think they're a really good team as well. But lately, they've just stalled a little bit, and I want to see how they keep going, especially in their next few games. Um, an interesting case this season has been Arsenal. They've played eighteen. They have twenty-four points, sitting in eleventh place right now. What do you think is a legitimate goal for them this season? Is Europa League the only thing they have left to hope for now, Adam? Oh yeah, definitely. And even that, I think, is a is a tough ask for them. I think you just want to show promising signs and end this. I mean, yeah, no, they're a young team. They don't have title aspirations, obviously. Champions League's out of reach, especially with how some of the other teams are playing. I think again, Europa League would be a good ending point with how bad they were in parts of the early season. And if not, just don't make the second half of the season better than the first. Luca. Yeah, I, I completely agree with Adam on this one. It's very tough for them, but if they can do it, it's fantastic. Then, sorry, got a bit something stuck in my throat. You're good, you're good. Um, well, let's go into the uh, the other half of the table. Um, you know, Adam, when we were writing down, you know, what we we're going to talk about today, you, you put Newcastle, and I, I, I honestly don't think I can do that without um, – losing it in one way or another. Um, but the the bottom three are now Fulham, West Brom, Sheffield United. Sheffield United um, finally got their first win. Yeah, Guess who it was against? Um, and they, they still sit only nine points away from safety. You know, if you, if you take a look at the, the bottom five or six, what teams do you see going down? And does Sheffield United have any chance at this point, Luca? I think Sheffield United doesn't have a chance. Even if they get a couple, two, three wins more, I still don't think they're going to go past. I think West Brom could. I think West Brom can make it out. I think Burnley could go back down. I think Brighton could also go back down. Fulham, I think, will keep going back down, and that's disappointing to say, given their last result. You know, I think they will stay down. Chef, yeah. At that point, I don't see Sheffield coming out. Adam, you know. Well, I was just looking at Sheffield's next few games thinking, you know, they finally got a win. Maybe they can build off it. They play Tottenham United and City. So Sheffield's going down. They might not. They might finish with under three wins this season. Fulham's weird. They're in the relegation zone, but I feel like every time they play a top team, they tie them. Yeah. Tie Liverpool. They tied Spurs. They play Chelsea next. I think, again, West Brom and Sheffield will go down. I think every year one newly promoted side is kind of a lock to go back down. I think West Brom's going to take that. And it just would be between Fulham and Brighton for that last spot. And I think, judging by how I've seen them in some of their games, and Fulham has two games in hand on Brighton, I put Brighton to go down. I, I, 
at this point, I don't want to be a pessimist, but I think this is a legit question. How, how large of a chance is there that Newcastle go down? Well, looking at it, no wins in your last five. Mm. You can obviously yeah. speak more to like how they play than I can. Mm. But, oh, well, their next few games, <laughs> Arsenal, Villa, Leeds, Everton, Palace and Southampton. If there's not a managerial change in between that, I don't see them staying up. I think you'll stay up just because I feel like you guys have – if ASM reaches, you know, usual form – by far the best player in the relegation battle. And, I mean, right now you have a good enough head start on it. I think Newcastle should be fine. But I don't know. I guess you can never guarantee anything with the towards the bottom of the table. My, my gripe right now is just the football we're playing is so nasty and horrible to watch. And I, I just can't stand seeing Steve Bruce on the sidelines for any longer. He's got to go. And that's... That, that's all I can expound on with Newcastle right now. What's the uh, magic number they always say? 40 points 40. you don't get relegated? Yep. 40. So you got to double. I, it's going to be lower than that this season. Oh, I mean, you have to double that and double the games. It's uh, it's you're on, you're on pace. He's on yep. track. <laughs> no. Yeah. You said <laughs> if they lose to Sheffield and Bruce isn't fired. I'm going to lose it or go insane. Yeah, I said something like that. There, there might have been some curse words put in there. Yeah, no, half of it happened, which I didn't think would. And then Bruce is still employed. Yeah, the, the loss was because of Adam. Yeah, what's this Josh Sheffield never win games. Isn't he, isn't he a Sunderland boy? Yeah, I mean, he's bounced everywhere because he's a journeyman and no one likes him at their club, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> you guys think Sheffield United ends up with more points than 0708 Derby County with 11? five right now halfway through the season like 20 more games five. to get five points or six points i think they I, will I, I hope so Jeez, that, <laughs> that wouldn't be fun for them also why is chris wilder still there i know he's like you know everyone loves him but geez five points from 18 games and you're not gonna can your manager i think it's just from tide city and then sacked village yeah, no, that, that one didn't make sense timing-wise. I think the one thing, not that I've ever experienced relegation battles or anything, I think when you have a coach that like you've seen get you promoted, if you're going to go back down, you I feel like maybe they just want to ride with him and they, they'll assume he can get them back up. Because, yep. I mean, the championship's a whole different animal with 48 games and having a coach you know can get your way through it. I don't know if Sheffield thinks, like, last season was their real self or if – Obviously not this bad, but like if being a, a fringe relegation team is more the reality for their club. I, I do think last year was a bit of a fluke for them. Oh, 100 um, percent Any other thoughts, Premier League wise, before we move on? Uh, Man United, do they stay up for the next couple of weeks? It all hinges on this weekend, I think. See, I think again, I think they lose this weekend, and then you look at it. Chelsea were top for 28 hours. And then, like, won one of their next six games. Tottenham were top for a few minutes. Who haven't won any of their last six or maybe won one of their last six games. So, I think if they uh, if they lose to Liverpool, I wouldn't be surprised if they start falling down a little and you see Liverpool and City overtake them. But my one note, it's a I'm, – I'm, I'm still hurt about Raul Jimenez being out. And I don't know what the timeline is for a fractured skull and if he's going to come back, but – 
I miss seeing that guy play. Yeah. yeah he's, he's a fun guy to watch. Fun team, too. Except they haven't, their form hasn't been as good as it was last season. Yeah, I know they've, and a lot of it came after he went down. They have no wins in their last five. They have to put yeah. Traore up front with that, with that young kid. Traore doesn't get assist without, without him and as his headers anymore either. That's true. true. He can't run. He has to get the hatters. Interesting season, though, in the prem. All right. Adam, handing the reins over to you. Dortmund in Germany. All right. So, I wish I could come out here and fully say I told you guys so. But I can't because Dortmund is still five points behind him. But Bayern's shown the weakness I've been talking about all season. Last week, up 2-0 against Gladbach, lose 3-2. Midweek, they lost to a mid-table second division side in the cup, playing a good amount of starters. And I'm hoping the momentum can carry. They, again, they currently five points clear. I was pretty pessimistic a few weeks ago. Now, I'm not, I'm thinking the league is there to be taken because I think Bayern, again, it's not like they're going to start dropping games left and right. But I think the games before and after the Lazio matches, you might see some rotation. And if there's one thing Bayern have continued to show this season, any starter on the bench leaves a big uh, leaves a big issue. Gnabry missed the Gladbach game. Lewandowski didn't start the cup game at the weekend. So I think if they have to rotate in that period and if they suffer an injury to any starter, there's there's a lot of potential for Dortmund to close this gap. Also, just a side note on the weekend's game. Great to finally see Royce and Sancho back in full form. Sancho, two goals, two assists in his last two. Royce, two assists on the weekend uh, against Leipzig. So it's a time for confidence. Luca, I want to get an outsider's perspective on the, the German race right now. What are your thoughts? It is very tight. Obviously, very different from the last couple of years. Um. Again, with Bayern, this season has been very different for them. You know, I I can't help the feel, but they're going to find their stride again. Dortmund, again, had a, had a lot of injury problems this season, and I love to see them playing well. I love to see Sancho and Royce back, just like Adam mentioned. They're fun players to watch, great guys to observe, and, all, and overall, when they're all healthy, it's such a fun team to watch. And it's a tight race up top, but I fully expect – I feel like Bayern to find a stride somewhere in there, especially after that shocking exit of the German League Cup. Wonderful exit. Um, this is uh, – I'm curious. Where the heck did Union Berlin come from? Yeah, I don't know. They're just they're <laughs> all of a sudden. They did beat Dortmund in, in Dortmund's slump without Holland. They beat Leverkusen today. I think they even got a good result against Bayern. They didn't beat them, but I think they managed to draw them a few weeks ago. Yeah, they draw. They drew Bayern one one. I don't know how they're doing it. I don't know who's the, the players doing this, but and I think they'll fall off second half of the season. There's always that team. Schalke was top six before they lost thirty games in a row. So, hey, but shout out the young American Hattrick, Hoppy, right? Ethan Hoppy, yeah. is that it? Right from California, from your Belinda, California. Shout out. Is that, is that by you, Luca? That is very close by me. Let's go. You don't know him, do you? I don't, but there are a lot of good players coming out of that area. You know who is from my neighborhood, actually? Alex Morgan. 
No way. Yeah, I was born in Diamond Bar, California, baby. I want to say hi this year. That'd be sweet. Um, just a gold, a gold factory in that neighborhood. Yeah, just talent, talent after talent after talent. Uh, going from Germany to Italy, Luca, all yours. All right. Well, Milan sitting again, top of the table after a rough Juve loss. But again, we have to remember how many players were out for Milan. Important players: Rebic, Slatan out, Panali out. And they still put the work on Juve. Juve had to fight their way to get that win. Uh, Dybala and Federico Chiesa, incredible players, incredible goals. I have to give it to them. They're, they're special players, and they fully deserve that victory. But they are still, they're still in fourth place. For me, a lot of the Juventus problems that they have right now is their defense. I think Bonucci is having one of the worst seasons we, I've ever seen from a top-class defender. No matter who he's paired with, he just finds a way to make significant mistakes that just shorten their strengths. Uh, as for Milan, they don't have the best squad in the whole league, but I think they have the most consistent team. And, and when they play, they play the full 90 minutes with whoever they have and strong. I think they have the best young core in all of Italy with Leao, Jans Pateralga, Frank Cassie, Teo Hernandez, Donnarumma, incredible players to have. Just behind them is Inter. This is another team with severe issues, but they still grind out Lukaku and Lautaro Martinez, unbelievable guys. But as for Inter, they, they're second place. They just three points short of Milan. And not to mention, Coppa Italia quarterfinal is going to be Milan against Inter. Very fun to watch. Very fun times for both teams. Yeah, two Milan derbies in the in the space of a month. Uh, the one in February in the league is going to be exciting. How how do you feel as a Milan supporter um, about their chances at a title this year? It's amazing because I think no supporter really thought this streak of just luck and good form was going to come since the end of end of last year. They flipped the switch through all 2020. They got players in the right positions, and not more importantly, young players who really thrive in that role of coming off the bench, playing well, and finding players that just fit the right pieces, even if they're not big names. Brian Diaz, like I said, Rafaela, Petr Auga, guys under 21 years old who are just killing it at the moment in, their, in, their, in that role. And, of course, you've got Slatan Ibrahimovic leading the line for most of that season. Got to give the man credit for how old he is. No shout for Teo Hernandez, or did I miss it? I did have a Teo Hernandez shout out earlier. Again, Making I, sure. I, I, could, I could say one of the top three left backs in the world. Off of form, definitely. Off of form, absolutely. Um, you know, Juve, a game in hand, two games in hand over Roma, but a game in hand over um, most everyone else in the table. Do you, do you see that maybe still having a shot at it? They'll, you know, if they win their game in hand, they'll only be – Four points off. Oh, no, absolutely. They're not out of it for – it's no question that Juve can absolutely go on and win every game on from here if if they have the streak of form and good luck. Uh, Pirlo has solved some issues up front with the attack. I think at the beginning of the season, we didn't see enough of Dybala. Dybala's coming back and playing a much bigger role than he was last year and even the beginning of this year. Cuadrado, again, when he was playing, amazing. Alexandro is in there, and he's been out for the last couple of games. And and our fellow American, 
Weston McKinney coming off the bench. He's getting goals. He's getting assists. I'm very happy for them. That's really impressive to see from him at a team that big. You know, is he did on the stage against Barca, and it's great. There's a lot of Americans around Europe right now showing up and showing out. Hey, uh, quick question. If you can pick, again, like we said earlier, two uh, Milan derbies in a month, would you rather win the league one or the cup one? I'd rather win the league. I think it feels much better. I feel very happy with that. Okay. Yeah, no, I didn't realize Juve and Inter played this weekend. So that just adds to Sunday's big games. That's massive. And big the game in hand is against Napoli, which originally was a forfeit. So Originally 3-0. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that, that before. But first, awarding the forfeit. Second of all, taking it away and rescheduling the game. Yeah, so two Italy. tough games, but... Uh, weird things happen in Italy. Yeah, actually, I can't put anything past Italy. Only league with a... UA still doesn't know how many titles they have. Nine in a row. No, the... Uh, if they lost the two or not for match fixing. Oh, Jesus, yeah. Massive weekend of fixtures this weekend. United Liverpool and American football. Adam's got his chief stuff on right now. Come on. Do they beat the Browns? Oh, I have my Baker allegiance, so I'm excited for that one. Do they beat the Browns, you think? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right. Oh, I, I do. I, I like what Cleveland's been doing. But, I mean, I'm not like it's going to be a blowout, but I'm just confident Chiefs get the win. It's not the gotcha. same old Browns. Not the same old Browns. Any last thoughts, as long gentlemen? As no one says Browns is the Browns. Before we wrap up. I think, I think oh, we got out, it. Shout out to Wayne Rooney announcing his retirement today. Yes. Yep, special, that's true. Special, special player. I grew up watching Wayne Rooney. Loved him. A little sad. I'm not going to see him sub himself in, but. Yeah, uh, player forward, managers. Look forward to seeing what he can do with Derby. Yep. That's Lamp- that was Lampard's first step, and then he came to Chelsea. Now he doesn't know who his team is. Yeah. Uh, Lampard's great season where he took a team that finished six to finishing in six. <laughs> Managerial masterclass. Well, that will do it for this episode of DeMartin Download. We'll be back before you know it. Hopefully by the next time we do one of these, MSU is playing some football. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for listening along. Uh, We'll catch you next time. And we hope that you found this episode to be in the great words of Ray Hudson. Magisterial. Join us next time.